what makes a good leader? If you've worked for one, you might have some ideas. If you've worked for a bad one, you know what makes a bad leader. But it's different for every person. And what makes leadership good, bad, or ugly? It's an age-old question. And our first guest this afternoon tried to answer that question in a recent study published just recently in the Journal of Management. Dr. Ian Galadley is a professor and chair of the uh, Alberta School of Business. Hi, doctor. Welcome to the show. Oh, hi, Jalen. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, nice to have you. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a biggie to tackle, Ian, like when you think about okay. it said it's, it's an age-old question and I think it really depends on the person that you're asking so who did you ask and what did you find out well you're right that leadership is one of these uh, questions that you know we seem to be researching and talking about this forever but um, you know it, it's a real head-scratcher and I think some of it is because it's just there's a lot of complexities here in terms of what makes a good leader you know um who do we who do we ask we were we were talking basically to followers who were reporting on their leaders okay so uh, what did you find i mean was there one thing that stood out or was it a combination of things depending on the person and the leader yeah you know that but that's right and i think that we do spend a lot of time sort of focusing on you know how to act like a good leader and we we tend to think in terms of specific styles like act in a certain way and you get certain outcomes and what we sort of went into this project i guess realizing that you know people are you know all of us we're we're we have multiple faces multiple mm-hmm. times you know any leaders at any given time will have you know they'll exhibit some good tr- traits and other times good behaviors and other times perhaps you know things that are not so great and so what we've found in our data by by actually consulting with lots and lots of followers we did this over a number of samples is that we do tend to see and this is encouraging that you know the vast majority of followers do see their leaders acting in in what we might call constructive ways and it's a Mm -hmm. combination of um you know, doing the day-to-day diligence and a little bit of inspiration and motivation. And then we also found, and this is, was sort of um, a little bit surprising, that a, a substantial proportion of followers do see their leaders acting in what I might phrase as more destructive mm. ways and sort of the darker side of leadership. So I'm gonna, I want to ask you about a couple of different kinds of leadership that you took a, that you took a look at. And in, in kind of the, the report synopsis, um, you, you talked about um, those leaders or the, the belief that the best leaders are often very assertive, they're, they're take charge types of personalities. Did you find yeah. that was good, bad, or ugly? Or again, did it depend? Well, I think it depends because, you know, when you really think about it, what makes a good leader, I think this is why we're so puzzled with our choices in front of us right now. You know, going through COVID, for instance, we probably look to leaders who would help us um, give clarity to a situation and maybe some confidence. And, you know, as times change and you know we sort of come out of this um, maybe different types of leaders maybe we do need leaders that are more action oriented so we did find what we were looking at is sort of combinations and I think you know I think what's really important is it's that action oriented leader what what it's paired with Mm. Um, so 
can I give you an example? I would of, love to um, hear one. <laughs> so, so let's take passiveness for instance. This is uh, this is a set of behaviors that we don't really like in our partners. We don't really like in our leaders. This this when people act in a way that that uh, you know they seem disengaged. They seem laissez-faire. It sort of conveys they don't care. So why should we care? You know, over a long period of time, that really doesn't lead. W- to good outcomes and so that is what we would there's a constellation of behaviors in that area that we might call bad but where this gets really I would say ugly is when passiveness is becomes deliberate Mm. and it becomes targeted and so you know you can think of examples where a leader might um, you know, use that disengaged or be non-communicative in a way to undermine others or the team. And unfortunately, we did see some of this in our data. And, um, you know, it's just, it, it unfortunately it does lead to, uh, it has a cost in terms of people's physical health and, and their psychological well-being. I think there's a there's a difference between kind of a you know maybe a passive or a laid back leader that some people really like because maybe they're more hands off, um, you know, and then there's others you know that are you know too hands on. But that hands off thing can almost at times uh, turn into that feeling like well they just don't care. They're not checking yeah. in. They don't care. Yeah. So you know and 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 I can see how that could spiral for the follower. Yeah, and, and, you know, one of the challenges here is every time you make a statement about something, there's always a condition. So, you know, I can see there there is a time when maybe being a little bit um, laissez-faire, hands-off is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And this is especially true if you're working with people who are very motivated and very talented. They know what to do. You know, sometimes the best leader there is just get out of the way, help them solve problems, but more or less let them do their own thing. Um, but I would say overall having a disconnected leader who's not sort of engaged someone who perhaps just goes from problem to problem to problem fighting fires all the time this really does grind you down not only as a leader i think it's more stressful but also as a follower in terms of how do you sort of function and survive Mm -hmm. but when you when you pair passiveness with this almost i would say abusive types of behaviors i think you get a particularly toxic Mm. combination now that's not great for you know the men and women that have to sort of survive these leaders i think from a research point of view we're fascinated by this because you know where does this where does this come from what are sort of the predictors of this and i guess you know how do we teach people or help people to survive this if you happen to be um you know so, you know, we talk about that laid-back, passive leadership style and kind of the, the negative, the, the, the more um, negative aspects of that. When you're looking at the, the take charge kind of in-your-face leaders as well, can, can, can that have a negative outcome as well? Well, um, I mean, we think of all the, you know, I think we can think of many examples in our, in our portrayed in movies and in our lives there's we hold up examples of leaders who are some of these take charge types and you know i think one thing you find is that they tend to work extremely well in certain situations so when the situation is calling for that kind of leader and you know an example might be if there's a lot of 
um, you know, there's a big problem to solve. For instance, you know, if the wolves are pounding at the door, you know, you don't want a leader to schedule a focus group and let's talk about this. You need somebody <laughs> to jump into action. And whereas there are other times when sometimes those take charge cowboy type of leaders um, that we admire can actually come across, it can run people the wrong way. So, you know, that's, that's the problem here. It, it, you know, who's the best leader? Um, it really depends on the situation. It depends on the characteristics of the people. And, you know, this is why we, we torture ourselves with all these, uh, you know, <laughs> decisions that we're currently dealing with. So, and we still don't really have a, a good answer. I, again, it depends, I think, on the situation and, and the follower. So is it more important then to be a good follower than to have a good leader? Well, you know, this is, you know, I sometimes laugh about this. We'll talk to managers and I talk to my colleagues about this. Whereas, you know, we spend so much effort focusing on leaders, how to be a good leader. And maybe we need courses on how to be a good follower. And, you know, not that we want to train followers, but I think learning how to be a good follower is a backdoor way into learning about leadership. Because mm. when you think about it, followers, they observe leaders all the time. They they know they can distinguish between good leaders and poor leaders. Mm -hmm. And also, who gets to be the leader? It's usually the best follower. And so, <laughs> and, and the other problem with the other challenge for followers is that they have to be able to get things done in organizations, but they don't necessarily have the formal authority to, to do that. And so I would see followers and leaders locked in a dance and they have to sort of work together. It's, and you can't just look at one element of the dyad and, you know, you can get it. What is leadership? You can approach it from different ways. So Still lots of, uh, still lots of uh, answers to be had there. Doctor, thank you so much for joining me this, after, uh, this afternoon. Have a great long weekend. Yeah, you too, Jalen. Yeah, thank take you. it easy.